0: Guys, welcome to another amazing episode of Limitless, our podcast with Westside. Now, today I have somebody that I have huge respect for. I love comedians and a female comedian, Bosh. I am the happiest to have you today. She is a screenwriter, producer, actor. She has founded a writing studio called Motormouth that focuses on flawed and raw women. Now, come on, we all know how much I love that. We have Smokey Suresh in the house. Clap for myself. <laughs> babe, I love you. Thank you. I babe, love you I love because me. you know you have just broken that mold. You're like, boss, I do my own thing. Yeah. I it, create it. the moments. I am the moment.
1: Oh, I am the moment is a great line for yeah. motormouth. Yeah. What is motormouth? Actually, motormouth is the moment.
0: And what's amazing is that you started off with, I think, learning nutrition, food science mm-hmm. management, and working as a chef. Yeah. Two Today, right here, where this journey is incredible, because you've just grown as a person and as this content creator, writer, producer, actor, blah 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 blah. blah. So much respect. First of all, I'm on
1: Samira Reddy's podcast. <laughs> I'm in front of you. I must say that I know how. I I don't know how ass licking this will sound. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not aware, but I'm I'm such a fan not only of Instagram. Way before, I'm the girl who knows the lyrics of Thoda Sa Pyar Uye. Thoda Baki, yeah.
0: But I heard you love Bollywood. Man. I love Bollywood, I'm... and
1: her dream
0: is Karan Johar.
1: <laughs> See, there are two dreams. I am a Karan Johar heroine, but I will always be in a film by Vikramaditya Motwani. Oh my like, that's, god, that's Listen, the, your yeah. vision
0: board is very clear. Yeah, my vision board is very clear. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. And what's amazing is that you have done a show. That has got seven nominations. Pushpa Wali. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from what I hear, the character is really quirky, having a crash and you the know, things she does around it. He's and- a very
1: good. <laughs> that's the sweetest someone has described. You her.
0: know what I like? I love real content. I think that's what I keep trying to do. Yeah, is really get there to be relatable because deep down is actually who we are, and outside the portrayal is extremely different. And yeah. the expression of comedy, especially, at least what I feel, comes from very deep space. It comes from black humor, maybe anxiety, yeah. maybe <laughs> maybe really trying to like make people laugh because dude, life is hard. Yeah. So where does your inspiration to create that content come from?
1: When I started doing comedy, I wasn't sure if it was comedy or not. Because when I first auditioned for the comedy show, I thought it was a play. So then they were like, oh, we're going to give you a word. And then you have to come up with like a scene. And I was very like, wow, now the theater is lazy. the padega. <laughs> so I had a great time. And I'm like, cool, up, I'll do a play. And I was working for a food lab at that time. So then they were like, okay, cool. This is an improv show. This is not a play. I said, oh, what is an improv show? They got very upset. Why didn't you read up about us? I'm like, where to read now? There's nothing on Google for me to read. In my head, I don't see myself... Or I don't see if I'm doing comedy or I'm specifically coming with the agenda of comedy. But I'm fun for sure. So I'm able to translate. You are fun. That I've realized. (laughs) And people love you. So that awareness of fun (laughs) to funny has happened. And also, as you said, funny comes from such a space of anxiety. And it comes from such a space of just general sadness that is around or just
0: moroseness. Or it also comes from... hormones (laughs) hormones oh, You yeah. <laughs> know, show her hit show right now stand up comedy is uh, called hormonal mm. <laughs> and nobody talks more about hormones than me because I am mad hormonal and I'm oh, so honest man. about it because I'm like babe how do people do it how are they consistent how do they not rave rant cry howl I mean my husband literally sometimes comes and says is it a good day to talk to you <laughs> You know, I like this. (laughs) Which day is it? Is it before the period, after the period, during the period or in between? You know what I mean? It's like every, there's a moment for women. I mean, literally PMS, post, in between, beginning. And I think the older you grow, I think the worse it gets.
1: So here's the thing. You have experience with hormones. I had none. Mm. Literally none. Because during the pandemic, I wanted to see, because I got my period. Then it never came. Mm. So then I was like, okay, where is it? So then... During the pandemic... It. Yeah... And then I got very used to it... Where women were complaining about PMS... You know... Like belly pains... Or this pain... That pain... I had no experience at all... So I was like... Okay this is sad... I should at least find out... Why is it that I'm not getting it? And during the pandemic... I met my gynecologist... And when I met her... We did, she's like let's do a hormone profile because I was also working out I started working out and I started eating better no result I don't even think I have a metabolic rate I don't even have no rate it's just
0: food went in went out
1: and things just kept gaining itself in the body I don't know what is happening she said oh you're hom- You you seem like it might be hormonal imbalance so why don't we get it checked Got it checked and... And the
0: word came to you, estrogen. There is none. (laughs) My FSH, my female stimulating hormone was 0.6. The range starts with one, Samira. I cannot even imagine what you must have gone through because then it's like, okay, how do I begin from Yeah. It's so sad also. I mean, it's funny, but it's also so
1: sad that we are supposed to be educated, progressive women. Who have no clue that lack of hormones may also lead to a certain kind of... We've been told so much that you have eaten food, you this, Like there have been such simple solutions to a question that's so complicated.
0: And there's just no are money, Hormones are health. crazy, crazy complicated. Yeah. Like I have this thing called prolactinoma. Which is like a hormone which is inversely related to your dopamine. So when my prolactin goes high, I start feeling oh my- low. Oh <laughs> Girl, you God. understand? <laughs> we're prolactin and- buddies. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that you've created like a show around it. Yeah. I'm telling you, if I came from that show, I'd be like, woo, 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 woo. It- because honestly, <laughs> it really was, which is very surprising because right after the show,
1: I had different kind of people coming and Like there were the women who were going through the IVF. They were like, hey man, we relate. And then there were the young girls who were like, we have no clue. Which is also just that there's no money in female health or reproductive health in fact yeah exactly I just did a
0: post recently saying please go check your hormones from time to time at whatever age you are because prevention is massively important absolutely I mean does your mother keep asking you when are you going to get married because you come from this proper like a hardcore South Indian family I come from a South Indian family yeah I mean I got married at 36 and my parents got fed up of asking me this is like so before I met my husband I actually started looking at arranged marriages. This is at the top of my career. Because what? I just wasn't finding the boy. I'm sorry,
1: you did door se pass bula le and arranged marriage. That guys, is nobody
0: ridiculous. was coming up to me. I swear. They'd be like, oh, there are boys everywhere. I'm sure they love you. I'm like, oh, but <laughs> they're not saying it. Because maybe you, you know, it's intimidating, you know, especially oh, for someone oh, like you yeah, who is successful, you. you know, you're well known, you know, and I'm sure like you get a lot of guys asking you out. No. What? Nand, Come on, babe. Please. You're telling me your dating scene is. My like... dating
1: scene is. um. <laughs> 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 is a laugh. So, first of all, if your husband, you found him at 36, and if that's how adorable he is, once again, Samira, ready to the rescue. She's
0: like, <laughs>
1: there is a future. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> so babe, much. I had my second child at 41. Okay, so. this is <laughs> definitely a great.
1: Yeah, so we're good to go. The mom asking, I think she's just given up now. It all comes down to the pandemic time because once pandemic started, I think she was done battling with me because before that she didn't even know that I was doing comedy
0: for the longest time I hid it from her I, I read that that yeah. you said that your parents were not really not, and still not crazily into it but me. part of it yeah. <laughs> yeah. now they're not crazily
1: into it but part of it till 2017 I had told them that I was in Bombay working for a food safety training company because I used to work for a food lab right and in the evenings I'm at open my restaurants and all. they're like why are you in restaurants I said no I'm doing food safety training right so in the evening only everyone <laughs> is coming no to train <laughs> nonsense I'm speaking but I'm also lied also to my mother so much that I think I'm very sure she knows because that first time I went to college also which was in Chennai I had lied and gone I was studying in Nagpur and I said she's not going to let me go I'm going to go finish the entrance exam and come and then my mom was like you're not going to get in because she was just being passive aggressive I went I got my admission done I took my
0: father finished the admission Wow. and then I called her saying it's done and she didn't speak to me for like good one month Listen, my dad didn't speak to me when I signed my first film he was really upset because I gave up a scholarship to Canada I was doing extremely well with my studies that time. And uh, he just couldn't believe it. He's like, You gave up this for to movie. <laughs> same dad, same dad, who, by the way, freaked out when I did a movie with Anil Kapoor and Sanjay Dati. <laughs> same dad, two years later. I did a movie with Chiranjeevi Garu. Bas, that's it. Life yeah. was made. My dad went. He was boasting to all his friends. Samira has done a movie with <laughs> Junior NTR. Chiranjeevi. And my dad was so proud. I was like, man, that sucks. Because like three years ago, you didn't even care about <laughs> this. But that's a South Indian thing. Anyway, I think it is. Yeah. Coming back to, to your dating. dating yeah, yeah. I'm dying to hear.
1: I got into dating when I reached 30. I actually was not dating in my 20s. Because I had one boy. I'm like, this one I want. I'll figure it out. It was that one investment, that return investment I wanted. It didn't happen, of course. Because 20s are the worst thing to happen to anyone. I don't know why we don't skip to thirties
0: directly. (laughs) Trust me, the 40s are even better. Yes! I'm genuinely (laughs) dating. I'm the poster child of saying, please, welcome to the fun side. Because 20s was not the best. But dating in general, like, do you ask the guys out? Do they ask you out? How does it work?
1: So with the apps, yeah, it all started with the apps. I went
0: past the apps. But the apps is the
1: worst. First, when it started, it was... There are some apps that the boys make the first move and then there are some apps where the girls make the first move. Like none of us are taught dating. But you actually just meet somebody that you met on the app. Yeah, you got you oh, talk wow. and you're like let's meet for coffee. There is no chemistry. Of course there's no chemistry because very few people have the capacity to do banter on an app. It's you know mm. it has its own set of training going on. So apps happened apps was not good and apps also became a great recruitment agency for me. Because a lot of people Like you're like Hey we are not able To reach out to you On on your Motomark Instagram handle So can we reach out to you But you gotta give it to boys Boys hustle everywhere
0: Business on Tinder I I don't have the guts But like any like Funny moments I mean of dating So after I pretty much
1: Got off apps This is one of the dates Which happened where This guy was like This is very interesting He was so nice He was like let's go for a afternoon coffee first or like an afternoon drink and I was like oh that's very nice that's fun okay cool so and I was really looking forward to it and I met him and I remember we started speaking for like 5-10 minutes and then eventually this boy just went ahead and started asking me about this comic called Biswa Kalyanrath
0: mm. okay
1: he's a very good comic he's an engineer and boys love him and for the next 45 minutes he just asked me about Biswa <laughs>
0: So this was a fan moment (laughs) for somebody else. And I was like, Biswa, why did I go through a date where someone was asking me about you? It's like somebody coming and dating me and asking me about Anil Kapoor for (laughs) one hour. (laughs) I remember very clearly
1: and I told Biswa, I said, I don't know why this boy kept asking me about you and he's like, babe, he engineer? I said, yeah,
0: Lonely, oh like, I don't my. know. He's like, He's my fan. <laughs> he just Sorry, maybe him. he wanted him, not you.
1: <laughs> not even maybe, 100% wanted to. He would pay top dollar for me to be replaced by Biswa on that table wow. while he was having orange juice and I was pretending to have sangria, which was clearly grape juice. Okay. Oh my god, but can I really be angry at this date because I'm like, He's a fan of my friend. Mm. And then I love speaking about Biswa. I'm like, yeah, Biswa is so funny. He behaves like this. We are like, 15 minutes into my morning about Biswa, I'm like,
0: why am I talking about Biswa? Well, at least you had a better experience than me. I had a guy who I actually went on a date with. And so on screen, I had to wear a lot of stickies because I'm not that big chested, okay? And I had this size, which was normal in real life. And then I had <laughs> with like really big ones on screen. So I went on a date with them and I went in my normal clothes and wearing my normal bra. And I swear, a little bit into the thing, he said, "Wow, you look really different in real life." And I know what he was talking about. Like I think he really expected them, and I was like, (laughs) "All right then, sorry (laughs) to let uh, you down." For your dating space, there were no apps, right? It was no, yeah, please. So like, how was the because? So it's always friends setting you up. But I was very uncomfortable, to be honest. For the longest time, I just never dated because I was working all the time. That's why actors date actors on set. Because where are you exposed? I mean, I finally met Akshay on set. He just came on his bike because I was using his bike for the shoot. uh, And I said, screw the bike. I want the guy. So he came (laughs) on the bike. I was like, that's it. And I asked him out. Body for me was a big, big thing because I always felt so conscious in the beginning. Maybe that's why today, thanks to social media. I love you social media because it has allowed me to just say, dude, I am always going to battle body issues I'm always going to feel like this and I did it for the longest time for films yeah and for people but today not anymore and I think that's where I have so much respect for you because you write and you think from a normal real flawed woman point of view which is the reality man that's who we are today yeah. And you think about that. But do you feel for body, like, positivity? Have you ever battled anything like that yourself?
1: You know, I still struggle with body positivity in any form. Because I think beauty standards are so confusing that, okay, here you are, this is pretty, this is not pretty, this is what it is. But well, who, who's, who's setting these yeah, damn standards? Yeah, and my bigger problem was that I wasn't able to come grasp the thought of what is pretty, what is not pretty. So you make your own pretty? Yeah, it eventually reached that stage where I'm like, I'm just going to write for myself. Because by the time someone's gonna write for a big girl, it's gonna take a long time. But just, you know, something as simple as a big girl maybe working out, not to lose weight, but just to work on her body, itself is such a big problem. Because I'm like, when I started working out, they're like, oh, now you want to become thin. Is that why you're doing I'm like, what are you
0: doing? So guys, I'm I'm sorry to break this, but a lot of people on the internet tell me, Samira, I'm so disappointed in you. What? And that word I love because I'm like, so it's really funny because when you you're right, when you try to talk about fitness, you're like, oh, but aren't you talking about Big girl positivity. Then you're losing weight, and then they're like, "Why aren't you losing weight?" You can't please everybody. You can't also, please yeah, people will always have an opinion, yeah. and they love giving it. And so that's something I guess you always have to battle. Yeah, with. and
1: especially with big people. I mean, I know the number of people who have come up to me still come up to me in terms of like, "Oh, you will be so pretty if you lose weight." Oi, why is there one word associated with now? Yeah, yeah, like pretty is a very and different women
0: thing. when men age somewhere at forty. We've given them the mantle that they are hot. The biggest thing for me is when women are aging, we are pulling them down, yeah. which is really sucky because I'm yeah. just like, that's so rude. Yeah. You know, somewhere I read that you said, I don't want to have kids because I'll mess them up. Yeah, I read this and it really stayed with me because, you know, at some level, I actually resonated with what you said because as a mom, I, I think about uh, generational trauma, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't think we can... Be great parents, perfect parents. Yeah. It's parenting is parenting. Yeah. But why do you feel that you would mess them up?
1: Because when we were being raised, and I have two elder brothers, when we were being raised, money was just not there. So mm. I saw my parents struggle, especially My father's, I mean, now I understand there was mental health and then my mother was really bucked up and then she also took over and took care of the family. But for her, she was told that her stereotypical role was to take care of the house and not take care of the money. So she was going through a lot of learning and unlearning in the middle of no money. Some, both my brothers struggle with that. Two parents trying to keep three kids together, educated, give them the best resources. It was just a lot. And I'm like, you know, it's very unfair because I know a lot of my quirks and things are coming from maybe whatever parents father issue mother issues or whatever issues i have but it's very unfair to blame it on them right they were just trying to do their best so i also know that i come from that major baggage and you know it, it's split because also my i have a younger brother whom i aunt adopted and I remember eventually my aunt... Um, so, you know, the classic South Indian parents and the family. They are only one TV series. Because <laughs> one auntie is telling another auntie, you know. So Mukhi's mother bought the baby. I'm like, bought the baby! <laughs> bought the baby! It's on eBay or what?
0: So much respect for people who adopt, man. I yeah. really feel that it's incredible. Yeah, I so can't
1: believe they said that. Yeah, yeah. And, and my mother, of course, felt bad... But that also has stayed in my mind where eventually if I do want to become a parent, I'd love to adopt. Because I think my mother did this where mm. he, she conceived and she gave a son to her own sister. It's like, it's almost like if someone left the family, someone needs to come back to the family. It's yeah. always been in my head that eventually and also thirdly, I've gotten my hormone test done. So know, I have no AMH. My AMH is like 0.2. Mm. So I have like
0: one fourth of an
1: egg. So it'll give birth to half an egg. So like, you know, know, the thing
0: is, that's why I say comedy comes in at the most deepest parts of us, you know, where, you know, it's how you say it, but it is deep. Yeah, it is painful. Yeah. But the fact that you are accepting it and channeling it and expressing yourself in this way, you have no idea how many women you're talking to right now going through something like this who are listening to you who are smiling with you, who are also in pain with you. The day
1: I found out, I mean, until then, even I was like, oh, I'm not sure I'm gonna have kids. The day I found out, I genuinely was upset. I'm like, oh, you know, till now it was the cool thing of, I don't want to have kids. Mm. And now it's almost like the universe telling you, babe, you can't have. So that day I was like, oh, so I'm not cool. But (laughs) you know, maybe it's
0: crazy, but I do think that a lot of things that happened to us from the beginning almost edging to a certain point like for the fact that you had adoption somewhere in your family yeah and it sort of already put you in that position where you understand it yeah and the nuances of what come with it yeah is today maybe going to push you in that direction yeah and like the universe always has some path you know so, yeah but, and
1: might as well get a kid that's going through a lot and help it out rather than me going through everything
0: thank you for sharing it because yeah. i touched on it because i wanted to you know just ask you but look about i mean this is such a powerful conversation. I know you're saying this,
1: but it's amazing how no it's not really spoken about. So I don't even know if it's a relatable thought. As you're saying
0: it is when they're like, no, there are people who are relatable. <laughs> you know, to as you said, there are a lot of things you take for granted. And I do realize that later on when stuff like this happens, as I said, it's a journey. Yeah. You know, it's one thing you had told me in the room right now when I spoke about, and you said, Samira, you know, nobody talks to me about this also is burnout. Oh, yeah, no one speaks to me about burnout. I cannot yeah. tell you. For me, the hottest conversation right now is burnout. As creators, as people who are artistic, even for me, I actually take a step back so often because I'm such an advocate for mental health. So for me, burnout equals how you're feeling and how it is almost pushing you into a hole that you don't want to be in. Mm. Uh, Do you uh, feel that in this creative process that you go through moments like this? First of all, no one
1: approaches or no one speaks to me about burnout because the way I work is I love working. So I'm working all the time.
0: I've seen that. You're on, you're on. on, All the time. (laughs) You wake me up, I'm on. Okay,
1: (laughs) which is good, which is great. I also see that work ethic or that uh, attitude coming from my mother because my mother also wake her up now, she's on. So I'm like, okay, that's where I've got it from. But again, I think generational trauma sort of you know, comes in there as well. That why is she always switched on that she's ready but to But do you think over. if you
0: switch off at any point, maybe you'll have to they say people who are continuously busy are actually not addressing maybe the hundred percent. Sometimes when burnout happens, you just go into a quiet space and then suddenly everything is like, ooh, Yeah. Am I here right now?
1: <laughs> is yeah, it yeah, making yeah, sense yeah. to me? Yeah. The amount of responsibility I've put on or the amount of how much of myself Worth is on work Is supremely high I have no complaints about it It's not that I'm using it As a crutch But there is clearly A space where I have not addressed The quiet I'm Mm. not comfortable with it Although I'm getting Comfortable now Because off late After I got into therapy I had to Because for the longest time I wasn't But then a few of my friends Around me went into A certain direction That made me realize That no I have to get into it Even if I don't feel it right now It's clearly going to be prevented It's a
0: dangerous space Because I feel sometimes Especially with social media The validation yeah and the constant being on to keep up. Yeah. Because there is that pressure. Yeah. I take a step back every once in a while, I just disappear and everyone's like, oh God, where did you go? Yeah. I just completely shut off because I need to suddenly assess where I am. And most importantly, as I said, you have to just feel like, okay, this is my comfortable space. This is what people think of me. But tomorrow if they cancel me, man, you know what? I'm still this person. I
1: think which is also why even in terms of work, I know social media, I know stand up is such an important part. Almost writing took care of it because the moment you become a writer, you have to switch off. Because there is no way you can be on social media and do writing as well. So writing requires me to just leave for two weeks because the deadlines are just so high. But then I come back from whatever it is. So it's almost like the way I have channeled my work itself. Mm. It's making me make sure that I move away. But again, that's also a very lousy explanation because (laughs) writing is also working. So I'm not really getting away from work because I can see my burnout happening very soon. I can genuinely see it. But the only thing I'm doing now with it is that I'm going to start being aware of the fact that it is going to happen. And very small baby steps to prevent it because my mind will go into a full, it'll go into
0: a full pregnancy. Well, if it ever zone. happens, you can call me because I'm <laughs> that, the queen of burnout. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to also ask you this, that the comedy space is also a real space where, as you say, like questioning the power of the media. What I love is that nowadays in the social media space, we are talking about real issues. Yeah. Things that, you know, maybe on the news are just skimmed over. Yeah. Things that may be controlled politically, which yeah. we all know happens. And then I think the comedians and their take on everything come in and just, they just kill it. And that's why people respond to it so much because it's reality. Yeah. It's reality on ground. yeah. Uh, it's also responsibility in a way.
1: Yeah. Do you feel that pressure? Yes and no. I think in terms of stand-up, and I'm very safe and selfish like that, is because I want to make sure that I, at least I want to try and be in 20 years, an extremely important, powerful Person in this universe. And since I'm not from the entertainment industry, it's going to take me more time than the others. It's going to take me speaking to more people, acquainted to more people. So for me to become a producer or a studio, it's going to take a longer time, which is why I calculate my steps very well. When I'm like, oh, do you really need to take the stand right now? Mm. And I know that's unfair also because I have the power of, you know, the influencer, Mm. the power of people. But right now, I think that's where I go about it. But One of the fun thing I do is that any show and every show that I write or any movie has to have a a hidden agenda that 100% will be communicated. Like with Pushpavali also, I was very, very clear that I wanted to speak about the fact that just because there is a girl who's insecure about her body, hates herself clearly for it. But she looked at this guy and she's like, oh, this guy is into me. I'm going to just pursue him. And she has no qualms about it. I'm not romanticizing her. But just the fact that a girl can play this. That's what I wanted. I'm mean, like, mm. if you were comfortable making Shah Rukh Khan Dar, and Shah Rukh Khan is iconic. I mean, I'm nowhere close to that. But if you're okay with him being the stalker in Dur, and if you're okay with a Dhanush being a stalker in Ranjana, then I think you should be okay <laughs> with the girl being a stalker and not make her vampish. Like, if you yeah. see the show also, she's very dumb. One boy looked at her and she's like, that's it. I want my life to be about him. But will like, not we all her. that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> See, that's the thing. The number of women who came and I remember articles came out saying that isn't it disturbing that so many women are saying this is relatable. I'm like, you have no idea what women are enjoying themselves within their head.
0: I'm sure that a, there's a girl who's looking at her story like five billion times a day to see if the guy she's crushing on is yeah, looking at it. Exactly. Okay, it's the truth. You know, because they're like, isn't
1: it irresponsible? I'm like, look at Pushpavali. She's getting the worst treatment. Even if a girl's thinking of following a also, boy, she'll the
0: thing is that I keep saying this when you're putting out a story... It doesn't necessarily have to appeal or have you accept or say, you know, I put my stamp of approval on it. It is something out there. If you like it, great. If you don't, just go past it. Go to the next one. It's okay with that. And also for me,
1: content-wise, more than a political stand, which is of course equally important, I do try and see if I can write in the show, movie or whatever I put out, there is an emotional stand that I have taken. Mm. The fact that I can be happy and funny as much as I can... That's also a statement. The fact that I have a writer's room which is filled with mostly women, hardly any men, but I don't want to make a big deal about it is a statement by itself. So yes, but not...
0: But where do you draw the line? Because I sometimes, sometimes feel with, you know, content and comedy, you can sometimes just, you know, there's this whole tussle between... Are we crossing that line? Even I think of it 10 times before I write or yeah. put something out. Sometimes in my head, I say things. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's so not politically correct. That sounds wrong. So where do you think comedians can draw that line?
1: You know, we comedians, and this is a self-assessment thing. Maybe we do tend to be very clear about the voice that we bring. We're so confident about what we're speaking that sometimes we may forget to speak to more people like since comedians become so involved with other comedians so if it's funny then that's what it is so the comedians get together and we're all like a little session yeah. <laughs> of
0: just comedians AIB so, <laughs> sorry I had to say that that's but, like the cajo of comedy <laughs>
1: <laughs> but speaking to people who are not comedians speaking to we were writing a character for a show and we were writing an LGBTQI plus a character and I remember one of my writers she's from the community the kind of insights she brought me as a straight cis woman, I can never. Mm. I can. I cannot mm. even imagine. Yeah. And the fact that I'm saying these words, I didn't even know these words. It's very recently that I've been educated that this is what it is. There's so much to learn, dude. Which is where it comes down to diversity. Everyone says mm. diversity is mm. an agenda, but diversity is the most obvious thing to do. It's a
0: learning. Yeah. I know people also make fun of like you know Gen Z, and I'm like, dude, I'm learning. Yeah. I don't even know half of what these words they mean. Know they I don't more, know yeah. what you know. So many diverse communities represent. And that's where I start, like, so I come from the whole school of, I learn from all types of collaborations that I do. I never, ever look at the numbers. I look at the people. I'm like, man, if they are rocking, I need to learn from them. And that's where it comes down to, like, from you... Comedy is my big thing. so you <laughs> And I'm learning
1: from you, you know? I feel like what this very obviously leads to is that you should definitely <laughs> do an open mic. I'm not being nice here. I'm not being sweet here. It's a clear agenda. Because if you do comedy and if you do stand-up, you will have audience.
0: You know, the thing is that in all the content I write, which I do myself, I direct, yeah. write, and I... Produce not the word. It's on my phone. It's not much of production. It's it's (laughs) produce. Production,
1: production. Just because there's no spot that that doesn't mean it's not
0: production. So many people say, "Oh my God, Samira, content so good." So do you have a team? And I'm like, it's team Sam. (laughs) There's nobody else. But you have to do. You have to do. But I love comedy, and I love it. But to stand up in front of people. See, inspiring. Podcast is just inspiring. My own limitless podcast is inspiring me only. In the next three months, five open (laughs) mics. If you bomb all of them, then you definitely made for comedy. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it. Listen, before we say bye to all our amazing listeners, you're a bundle of energy. You have amazing presence. You are confident. And you're pretty much like this bombshell. So I want you to just give one piece of advice To anybody out there who's right now in this position that is a bit like, you know, like, wow, where do I get my inspo from? I don't know if it's inspiring or I don't know if
1: it makes any sense. But most of the things
0: that seem
1: very daunting or seem like impossible, it comes down to just doing it. Mm -hmm. Because I speak for a bunch of women who are around me is that a lot of women have a lot of dreams. And I specify women because men have. That's fine. You guys are fine. Okay, You guys are doing just (laughs) fine. But the girls, on the other hand, have so many (laughs) dreams in their heads. They have so many things to achieve and they're like, but I'm not sure the big step that really stops us from doing it is to just the act of doing it and also just to be absolutely fine with failing. Mm -hmm. Because look at the boys around you. They fail and they're so cocky and happy about it. (laughs) It's time we do that too. We fail and we're like, ah, it's, you know, just water off ducks back. I'm going to do one more thing. (laughs) I love that, love that. So just if you A, do it, B, fail it. It's absolutely fine. It's okay to fail. It is the right way. If you're not failing... Um, I mean not in 10th standard that (laughs) stuff What you never know what if you are meant to be Bill Gates and you fell your 10th boats
0: or you do food (laughs) nutrition but then you end up being a really famous comedian (laughs) Sumuki, you are everything and more and I have completely enjoyed this podcast thank you thank you thank thank you first of all for coming here thank you so much for
1: having me and
0: guys I hope you have loved this podcast of Limitless with Westside I definitely have Sumukhi I enjoyed it first of
1: all I am sitting with Samira Reddy not making you sound not fun because <laughs> everyone feels like if you're inspirational you're not fun it's just such an inspiration please keep doing because a lot of us are watching it so excited and can't wait for you to do open mic and can't wait for you to do a dance reel
0: alright oh my god this is like I feel like my interviews <laughs> just came <laughs> her a task
1: list <laughs> <laughs> this, this before burnout we'll finish up.
0: thank you thank so you, much so and much. guys till our next podcast I'll see you then